I don't know. I've designated today a drinking day, so I gotta have some pink drinks. CI man. Seaman? What? CIA man. Why are you saying it so weird? It's just semen, man. It's pronounced semen. <laughs> oh. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. Well, go for it now, asshole. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I guess we're back for the break. And, uh, um, well, um, this, like I said, this, uh, as we kind of alluded to, Previously, there's a shitload of guys you'll hear about uh, in the uh, motherfucking Civil War that are this. Uh, one of the ones that comes to mind is Ulysses S. Grant. Who at this point was just Sam Grant. Lieutenant Sam Grant, fresh out of West Point. You've been out of West Point about Wait, two he years. changed his fucking name from Sam to Ulysses? Oh, S. Grant. His, his okay, bit, got it. Yes. Never mind. Uh, he, yeah, but uh, he was in there. Uh, Robert E. Lee. Uh, I'm going to talk a little... So while Jackson, uh, what's his fuck, uh, is it Bedford, no, not Bedford Forest, uh, maybe he was in there too, uh, not Nathan Bedford Forest, who's the goddamn, uh, Confederate president, or was that mm -hmm. Bedford, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, uh, Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis, yeah, Jeff Davis is in there, uh, fucking, we're gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit later about, uh, 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 Walker, because we're going to get into where he dies, but we're going to talk about the Walker Colt a little bit. Basically, this, okay, this was kind of like on an American scale thing. It's kind of what we did in uh, 1991 when we invaded Iraq because we didn't have, we had never used Apache helicopters or M1 tanks against anything before. And then we went ahead and used uh, Iraq as a proving ground. This is kind of where they started uh, figuring out shit that later got used in the Civil War all the way up through the Indian Wars. It's kind of where a lot of this shit got its start. So there's a lot of interesting uh, and, you know, kind of depressing, like, weapons technology that came up in this time. So anyway, but, yeah, there's a shitload of your, like, guys you will see crop up in the Civil War. This is, like, when they were all fucking, like, lieutenants or, like, slightly above. I think uh, Robert E. Lee was in his 40s at least by this time, though. He was a little bit older, but he was an engineer. Uh, but anyway... Let's, uh, yep. let's, I can't remember where the fuck you were at. So, <laughs> do we want to talk about the second front in, uh, California and, uh, New Mexico there, or are we already just going to point people We have towards... discussed it, we have discussed it a little bit already, but let's, let's tell them, like, you know, let, let's reiterate on a little bit. Short little, we... uh, little bit anyway. So, yeah. that was commanded by Stephen Watts Kearney whose mission was to capture New Mexico and then on to California. Of course, when everybody clears out in New Mexico, it's pretty easy to uh, capture. <laughs> uh, still, it was Polk's idea to sell California or to buy California from Mexico or to make right. Mexico sell us California. Right. So um, he left a majority of his troops there in Santa Fe and then takes off for California. 
Uh, that's where he meets up with uh, Fremont and uh, Curson there. Right. He will, uh, Fremont was sent off the year before to kind of survey, quote-unquote, and then maybe foment a little insurrection there. Well, uh, survey with extreme prejudice, yeah. Like, yep. Oh, I'm just cool. I'm just taking pictures and and overthrowing your government. It's, it's cool. It's like, hey, guys, don't you hate these guys, these yeah, Mexicans yeah. that you're on their territory? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. We get really mad when we get drunk. <laughs> but, so, uh, it kind of worked work pretty well with the Apache, too. The Apache weren't super happy with them, and they kind of were half-assed supportive of the Americans at that time. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So America's raised the bear flag, which was designed by uh, Abe Lincoln's brother-in-law. July 4th, 1846. That's when Fremont uh, hears about this. He was oh, they originally do it on the 4th of July out. on purpose? Yep. Cool. Uh, Fremont was kicked out and went to Oregon and then came back after hearing about this insurrection that finally happened. So it's not like he really didn't much directly anyway. Uh, Commodore Sloat captured Monterey. That was the territorial capital. Without a shot. Um, by August, the real commander, Robert Stockton, arrives to take over command from Fremont. And then, of course, they have to have an argument about the whole thing. Even though in fact, Fremont didn't, didn't. Yeah, didn't Fremont like want to like hang him or some shit like that? Like, it's like, fuck yeah. you, I'm in charge. I don't know who the fuck you are. Even though he was just an engineer. <laughs> yeah. So California was basically captured uh, without blood. At least the first time until um, they came back and actually had a couple of battles. But go ahead and listen to the other episode because I don't want to go through all that shit again. Right. Well, that's fair <laughs> enough. Like, yeah. Just want to, uh, ma- just to make the point that that shit was going on at the same time same as the time. stuff. If you want to, re- if you want to refer back, you can listen to our Kit-, Kit Carson episode where we talk about what Fremont was doing with Kit Carson at that time. So, yeah. So by August, Taylor uh, was to the tropical part of Mexico there. And if you're into the tropical parts, your troops start dying from all the tropical diseases. Oh, I thought they started just doing spring break and didn't give a fuck. And were just... <laughs> tropical diseases like alcoholism <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and S- STDs. <laughs> <laughs> By that time, uh, soldiers are starting to come back dead or injured. Or gone wild. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So public sentiment's starting to turn against the war. Imagine that. Uh, American soldiers, uh, if you give them enough time, they get bored. So they just straight up start murdering Mexican citizens for no good reason. (laughs) Well, I'm bored. Well... Some from the Alamo, also, some from just straight up racism too. So yeah. well, and also there was a there was a thing you'd use if you were gonna okay, say you just took over like a settlement, right? Just because you actually have control of it doesn't mean you have like full on control of it. So a lot of times you'd use that as a negotiating tactic, and it would be like, okay, we have your city now. Unless you capitulate, I'm just gonna let my soldiers off the leash, and they're gonna come loot all your shit, right? And like rape and pillage and do all this. Dogs are hungry. Yeah, if, if you just play nice, I'll I'll keep them in camp. But the you know uh, turnabout is fair play, so a lot of times the people that were being occupied 
yeah, their their uh, their city government or whatever. Be yeah, we're not going to do anything. There's no official like you know resistance. But then you know a soldier wanders away from cantonment in the night and gets his throat cut by some like sheep herders that were like, "Fuck you, we don't want you here." You know. Yeah. Which would then generally cause more reprisals. You know, it reescalates. Yep. Know. Mm-hmm. But it's like a big old circle jerk of murder. Yep. Murder jerk. It's al- almost a GGL in band. Almost. Murder oh, jerk. Yeah. Or it's like if you Murder did a uh, GG. I was going to say GGL and a circle jerks like a uh, tribute band where it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. No. I think we should do a punk rock version of Weird L songs. Yep. Okay, you just made my brain <laughs> collapse. I mean, or we if you get, want to do like, or you take Weird Al's like originals, not the not the goofy covers, but all his originals, and that's what the, I was just thinking. Change the lyrics to be about like normal shit, like rewrite them as like regular songs, like political the, shit. Yeah. The normalest ball of twine in Minnesota. <laughs> yes, it's a normal ball of twine in Minnesota. <laughs> Dare to be intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a bad religion song or something. Dare to be intelligent? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because Dare to be Stupid was like literally, I mean, D- Devo could have wrote that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know. They said it was the best Devo song ever written, so. They're probably not wrong. Like it's up, it's up there with Mongoloid, which is the most offensive Devo song ever written, as far as I can <laughs> figure out. But Nature Trail of Hell, just be about like a normal nature walk with yep. some kids. Yeah. yeah. Now you're so... bringing me into like dead milkman territory with like <laughs> when we when we take a certain type of people to the zoo that you know yeah. we don't say anymore. Ooh, taking children to the zoo. Yep, taking otherly able children to the zoo. Anyway. So, back home in Illinois, Abe Lincoln gets elected Congress. Say Abe Lincoln. Mostly because his rival, uh, by the name of John Hardin, had a hard-on to kill him some Mexicans. Ooh, I like so what you did there. So he was down there killing some Mexicans. Uh, he was nice enough to take some of his slaves with him, even though in Illinois it was illegal at the time. Well, that's but why he's he, getting them out of state, so he's complying with the law. <laughs> Look, I know they're slaves, but I don't have them in Illinois anymore. What's your problem? Yeah, dude. Well, he just signed I'm them just, into a long-term indentured servitude yeah. contract. I'm just Here, I'll sign your name to go for to you. Mexico. I'll just force them to go to Mexico and fight a war <laughs> of oppression with me. You guys are no fun. I'm going to take my slaves and go to Mexico. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, so remember uh, John Hardon, at least for a little while. And not John Les- Wesley Hardon. Different no. John Hardon. Yeah, that's what Different I was just. On. I was just thinking about that. Very likely so, named after him. I don't know. Possible. General Taylor's force was mostly siphoned off to go to General Winfield Scott, who was the guy later in the Pig War who was too fat to ride a horse. Right. Uh, well, it's also this is the ten guy years that, before, like, though. They were trying to keep him the fuck out. Like he was not the favorite. Of it, even though he kind of had more general experience, like Taylor had more like combat experience, but he wasn't really like a general. Like he was often described as being like um, looking like a farmer that was going to go sell some eggs. 
Because he he didn't give a fuck about like wearing your shiny shit or you know and this is a time when military still wanted to have their ostrich plumes and shit in their hat and a bunch of gold shit. Taylor like stitches his own pants and kind of oh it's hot here why would I wear this big felt piece of shit I'm gonna wear a straw hat fuck you and uh, that's why the soldiers love fucking Taylor because he was kind of like oh he's one of us you know he'd like pull guys aside like. Talking, bitching about his crops and shit. He's like, oh, by the way, uh, 10 minutes, you guys are going to go take that hill. Or maybe, or you're going to attempt to take the hill, probably get shot. But, you know, good talking with you guys about raising tomatoes and shit. But, like, uh, see you later. <laughs> but he was still fucking wildly popular amongst the troops. Uh, regular army guys, you know, didn't really like the fact that he didn't like their dog and pony show shit. But, anyway, carry on. So instead of uh, marching all through that desert and through the tropical uh, shit, uh, Winfield Scott... They the helicopter. Who is uh, Great Scott. That's uh, what Great Scott is named after. Really? Great Scott. Uh, he would just go to from New Orleans to Veracruz by a boat, then on to Mexico City that way. So that was the same road as Cortez took in 1519 to fuck some shit up there, mostly from yep. diseases. <laughs> that Indigenous killed most personnel. People. Yep. So Scott would be the leading general from now on anyways. Okay, then we... so before we get too far, we aren't even do Battle of Veracruz. I'm getting there. Oh, you're <laughs> getting there. Okay. He's like, oh, he just kind of like landed in Veracruz and got a bus transfer and went to Mexico City. Yeah. So. No. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about General Saniani, who was retired in disgrace after the de defeat of the Alamo, like you're saying, to Cuba. Uh, to Cuba. That's in. So the Alamo is 1836. 1838 is when France landed at Veracruz to get Mexico to repay some of its war debts. This is where Saniani loses his leg. Uh, yeah, the the battle was called the menacing uh, pastry wars. What? Pastry <laughs> the menacing wars. pastry wars? Just, just the pastry no, wars. Just the pastry wars. Will added the menacing, but yeah. Why? I was gonna I was gonna bring up Sandy Andy's leg because if uh, any King of the Hill fans out there, uh, there's the whole thing where you know Cotton Hill you know steals Sandy Andy's leg. And I guess, like, I was always like, I don't think he lost his leg, because he did, he had both legs at the Alamo, and he lost, you know, but then, yeah, during studying this, oh, yeah, he did, somewhere in the interim, he got his leg kind of shot off and had a fake leg. And then the So Americans he does go back in it. power for time after that, but gets, uh, people remember that he was a dickhead, and they banished him to Cuba again. <laughs> uh, Polk was the one who got him sprang from Cuba in 46, Hoping when he got back in power, he would sell him California, but that did not happen. Uh, Saniani wanted his revenge from Texas there. So, uh, late December 1846, volunteers from Arkansas were raping and murdering the locals. They are colloquially known as the Rackensackers. Which the is, Rackensackers. If you're, you're going to pick a motherfucking nickname, really? That's pretty good. Yeah. Rackensackers? It's fun that's to say, what, but it doesn't sound that that's cool. What, that, that's what one of the documentaries I watched told me. 
<laughs> Did they make that up themselves, or was that something that people kept calling them, and they're like, well, I guess we're stuck with this one. Uh, Rack and Rapers. I, I had thought it probably was something they made up themselves. I, I think probably they had their own kind of English. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like how Nell, kind of like how Nell, who's raised in the forest, <laughs> is like, yeah, bit, you know. Yeah. So I'm picturing like I'm picturing Arkansas in like 18 fucking 40s. Yeah. I still. I'm thinking, I still... Eng- I'm thinking their English wasn't as compatible with <laughs> other <Words>. English. Like <laughs> sounds like I, the gold miner from uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, I was just thinking, like, all the gang names back then were always like, "We're the innocents. We're the good yeah. guys. We're the we're known as the up, you know, upstanding yeah. citizens or whatever." Yeah, or dead rabbits or dead rabbits. slaughterhousers or that's yeah. all New York shit. But yeah, like, well, it's New York. So oh, but the... actually, now that we, now that we talk about New York, were you? I think you were off the line when me and Will were talking. But a few weeks ago, I was making coffee, and Sola uh, came up and was like, "Dada, what are you doing?" I was like, "I'm making coffee over here." And so yeah. now, every time she sees coffee, she's like, "Dada, are you drinking coffee?" She has this oh, like shit. she like leans into this like Brooklyn accent. Coffee. I don't know coffee. Okay, that's it. See, I thought she, I, I thought you were to say is she would, she's like, I thought you were to say something about New York to her, and she'd be like, well, New York's all right if you like sex. If you like sax phones, <laughs> <laughs> you should just, you know, draw a mustache on her and just make her talk with a Brooklyn accent. I made her a I paper he mustache. Has, he has, he has definitely had a mustache on her at one point mm-hmm. or two. She was she was dressed like a like we were playing restaurant. She was the waiter, and she had like a black and white striped shirt. So she kind of look, almost looked like a mime. She looked like she worked at a like a restaurant, like cafe by the uh, near the Eiffel Tower or something. So I stuck a mustache on her. She oh, had like oh, a cr- oh. crayon and a pad of paper. It was great. There you go. Anyway, sounds good. Carry on, my wayward son. Dress your dog like a mom again. See if I don't call CPS, motherfucker. <laughs> the way she didn't have the makeup on. <laughs> That's white face. That's racist. Uh, white chicks was so rad though. Nah, it's just my my face. Like nobody, just nobody wants. I don't care what your ethnicity is or what. Like, ain't nobody likes a mime. Mm-mm. Even nope. mimes don't like mimes. <laughs> Why am I like this? Oh wait, you just <laughs> wouldn't even I say. Can't it. Stop. It's like a support group. You know, oh, I'm in here because I long for the salty tang of human flesh. Oh, I got it worse. I'm, I'm a fucking box. <laughs> <laughs> Walking against the wind for all eternity. Yeah. Anyway, the Arkansans, the Rackensackers, uh, one of them was shot by a Mexican in self-defense. How dare they? Yeah. Uh, this set off Arkansans. They rounded up 25 to 30 men and shot them all in it's front of their wives and children. It's pronounced Arkansans. Arkansans. Yep. So they shoot the husbands in front of the wives and children in a cave. As and, you do. Yep. Pools of blood were kind of congealed on the cave floor, so I'm sure the cats looked that up. The Arkansas commander was named Archibald Yell, who was a friend of Polk's. And refused to punish his men for it. Uh, Taylor wanted to send him home for being a bastard, but he was short in men and was denied. So they round all those people up in story. a cave and executed them in self-defense. It wasn't their fault. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Well, that's where we get into. We were talking about uh, mestizos before. We were talking about uh, uh, Spanish like high bloods before, and that was a big thing in in, in Mexico at the time. Like um, basically, if you were mixed Spanish and Indian blood, which is kind of prevalent, like you were kind of the shit people against like the uh, I'm from a European family, blah blah, like you know that kind of thing. Um, so, like, um, the, yeah, uh, these are the people that the, uh, there's accounts of, like, the Iraq and Sackers just refer to them as greasers, which is where they get that term. I, I know if anybody has watched, like, Young Guns, uh, keeps on referring to, uh, Chavez E. Chavez as a greaser, but referring to them as that, and, uh, and the comments were made by some of the, like, um, non-slaving only state soldiers, like, yeah, so the Arkansans kind of treat the, um, indigenous mixed Mexicans like they would their own African slaves in the South and uh, they don't regard them as actual full humans. So they're pretty brutal to them. So we spend a lot of time going out and arresting Arkansans for atrocities on the townsfolk and shit like that. So at least, I mean, there was some trying to police this behavior, I guess. It, it, I mean, that's why history is always kind of gray because not everybody is hundred percent asshole. Well, but the whole half the half the reason the Americans were going in there is like fuck the Mexicans would take their shit, you know. But at the same time, even in that army that has that attitude, there's like whoa, 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 don't be. Hey, man, those are like women and kids and shit, you know, like you know. And yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Just social commentary. Like I said, this is a precursor to the kind of shit that was going down in the Civil War, and it kind of sheds a little bit of light on um, the outlook of certain groups of people in certain parts of North America on how they were going to treat other people based largely upon their race, you know? Yep, and Grant was especially kind of horrified. Um, You know, he was from Ohio, so he wasn't from Arkansas. Yep. Yep. Uh, wow. Also, one of General Saniani's troops intercepts a message from General Scott to General Taylor detailing the invasion of Veracruz. So Saniani knows he's co- they're coming to Veracruz, but instead of defending Veracruz, he goes with the easier option of going north to meet Taylor's smaller group. Uh... February 2nd, Saniani rode into out of uh, San Luis Potosoy, 300 miles northwest of Mexico City. He has with him 20,000 men. But it was a brutal march of 200 miles north to meet Taylor at Buena Vista. Buena so Vista. They did not have much food, sleep, or water on the trip there. But they had Feb- a good view because mm-hmm. Buena Vista. Yeah. Uh, Taylor got word February 21st of their coming. They were only 60 miles away at the time. Uh, Saniani goes and asks for his surrender, but Taylor declined. He has less than 5,000 men, quarter of what the Mexicans had. And But the Mexican army, a lot of them died along the way in the brutal march, and the rest were severely weakened. So... Mr. Harden was there, we were talking about before. Right. 
he was a mile ahead of kind of the rest. He was uh, trying to hold his pass with uh, with the artillery there. Uh, the afternoon attack by Jefferson Davis drove him back. Taylor wanted to roll with his advantage, so he sends in the Illinois and Kentucky volunteers, headed by Mr. Harden, and triple speed they went into the Mexican lines. Then up pop another 10,000 Mexicans from a ravine. I don't know how you hide 10,000 Mexicans from a ravine, but... <laughs> Chris Angel. Yep. Just back so. in the day when you did... Well, yeah. You ride over a hill and you see a bunch of Mexicans. Oh. Well, I was going to say, well, you know, let's talk about uh, uh, the Fetterman massacre. You know, how do you fi- hide, like, how many thousand Sioux behind, like, one hill? Yep, basically, yeah. Same way, except for the Sioux were probably actually camouflaged where the Mexicans are wearing, like, blue red and, and red blue. and brass <laughs> and all sorts of shit. Like, yeah. So he sees a bunch of Mexicans. Uh, his troops broke and uh, flee, but uh, Harden goes... Remember Illinois and give them the blizzard, boys. Then he was quickly surrounded by 20 Mexican lancers and killed. Did you say give them the lizard? Blizzard. blizzard. Uh. As in whip the, out the your snow, dick. The, the snowflakes are large caliber musket balls. Ah, yeah. that makes sense. Catch that on your tongue, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Colonel Yell and another colonel uh, die there. But... It starts to rain, so that delays the fighting. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Game was still in. Ra- yeah. Rain delay. You're fucking yep. lucky, dickhead. As soon as this stops, I'm going to kick your ass. Well, well it's prudent because at that time, we're, we're kind of like just at the cusp of having percussion cap stuff. So most of the uh, farms they had were all uh, uh, flint and, uh, you know, flint locks. Mm-hmm. So if it gets wet, you're fucked. You're not, yeah. you're not shooting anybody. I mean, well, and like I said, like half the time they're bayoneting each other anyway, but still, you know, rain, rain will definitely shut the war down for the day in this era. So, <laughs> God damn it. So even though Taylor was kicking ass, he was still in a defensive position. Uh, neither side could really claim victory. Uh, Taylor knew that he'd probably get his uh, ass kicked the next day, but inexplicably, Saniani retreats. He still had a 10,000-man advantage. Uh, he claimed that he had to retreat to, back to New Mexico City to stomp out a political uprising, which was bullshit. <laughs> but he did take some flags as a sign of victory, which was also bullshit. Yes. So basically well, nobody won, but every, each side claims victory, like you do. Well, but a thing that happened in Veracruz. Okay. Well, this I'm, is I'm a Veracruz. Oh, this we're not in Veracruz. This, this is Buena God Vista. God damn it! You said Veracruz. You said Veracruz like a little bit before, and now I'm all keyed up from my Veracruz rabbit hole. Go ahead, carry on. That's the next paragraph. But uh, it was likely Sandy was just looking for an easy victory. Um, but it was an accomplishment to hold off that many troops with being that much outnumbered, anyway. But uh, Buena Vista was a signature victory of the war, even though it wasn't much of a victory. Hardin was lionized, too, along with... uh, Oh, Henry Clay's son also died in that battle, too. Uh, Of course, the war wouldn't have happened if uh, Clay was president. That was the other angle to take with all this bullshit. Uh, Polk did not send condolences to uh, Clay, 
So he was still a dick to him. <laughs> Which is always nice. March 9th, Scott lands at Veracruz. Okay, what do you want to yeah. say about Veracruz? Did you say Scotland's? Well, Scott lands. Well, start talking about Veracruz, and when the pertinent time comes, I'll interrupt you rudely and uh, yell for 10 minutes oh, about you, something. You never do that. <laughs> <laughs> so he lands at Veracruz. This is the first amphibious landing of uh, the United States Army, I guess. Uh, they yeah, except almost... for, I don't know, there's a little thing called Valley Fucking Forge. Well, I guess so, huh? There's ice on the water though, so did they? They happens. like did they ride frogs or something? No, Frogger. Like turtles. This boats. is how Frogger was invented. No. So uh, they meet no opposition there, landing there with Sandy Annie away. Uh, there's a bunch of political disorder there. They only leave four thousand troops there in Veracruz at the first, uh, with uh, General Juan Morales there. Uh, Veracruz is a walled city, though, so you don't need a lot of troops to defend it. Basically, it's a hexagon, kind of a uh, quarter mile by a half mile. So instead of uh, throwing a bunch of troops at it, Scott just decides to bomb the living shit out of it. And yep. bombs it for 48 straight hours, which, you know, can kind of wreak havoc on the hearing after a while. Well, and you know who set up that bombardment? Ringgold? Who's that? A young army engineer, well, not young, he's in his 40s, but an army engineer named, uh, you know, his general, General Lee, his fucking Lee. Oh. But his his general. Yes, sir. I think he comes in to account later when they get closer to Mexico City. He Well, he also, like, uh, he, he describes, he describes, like, he's like, Oh, it's pretty cool seeing whenever I kill any kind of soldiers in, in, in Veracruz, but I don't like seeing when I also blow up uh, civilians. I'm surprised he didn't just try to jump yeah. his Dodge Charger over over the wall and into yep. the city. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that how it goes? That was perfect. I thought yep. you had a, yep. the, I thought you had the car parked behind you and just hit the it's horn. Like, <laughs> I was just right there back at Appomattox or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So after two days of bombing, Veracruz asks if the women and children can come out. Scott said, no truce without surrender. Then he starts bombing the shit out of them the next day. <laughs> and they did surrender the next day. They were kind of tired of eating their donkeys. Uh, and this Scott, is part of the reason why we now have shit like, you know, the Geneva Convention. You know, I mean, it took us way longer. I mean, but, you know, it's shit like that. It's shit like that. Scott drops 463,000 pounds of artillery on Veracruz in four days. Is that a lot? Sounds well, like a yeah, lot. Well, yeah, especially when you're having to haul all of it by, like, motherfucking, like, wagon. See? Yeah. Just well, think about that first shit. first and then wagon. Well, yeah. I mean, it's still a lot of shit. Well, like I said, like, the, uh, the cool guy guns that they were using, like... Okay, when you do a siege of Veracruz, you're going to use big guns, like I was talking about, that are super slow. Flying artillery, not so good for that. It's good for, like, fucking up, like, infantry, but, it, you know, yeah, th this would be, like, 12-pounders, shit like that. So, yeah, every one of those shells is 12 pounds. So what was the number you just had? 463,000 divided by 12. So divide that, divide that by 12 and figure out how many of those... Uh, 
a fucking mule team or an ox team can carry in a wagon, they'll give some indication of, like, what a giant, like, wagon train it needed just to supply that much ordnance to fuck this place up. Yeah. And uh, public sentiment back home was kind of turning against the war. Imagine that, like it always does, mm -hmm. after people realize what the fuck is going on, especially after bombing a city for four days straight and massacring a bunch of innocent people in a cave. Well, uh, especially when you still have a population that like can remember the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812. And, you know, they've been in these cities that are getting fucking ransacked and fucked up. These are not people that are uh, strangers. Well, I mean, the younger generation maybe is, but, like, you know, the older people have been through this shit, if not once, maybe two or three times before. French-Indian War, you know, you know, they're, they know what it looks like when your city's burning and when somebody's pounding you with cannon fire and when there's people getting bayoneted, so. Yeah, and most people who go like, through that hey, don't, don't want it to happen again. Anybody. Well, like you're saying, t today we have a shitload of wars, but in this country, I mean, when's the last time we got hit by any kind of invading force, you know? You said you'd yeah, never forget, man. The Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those bastards. I mean, ar arguably Be Bieber fever, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a Canadian. Yeah. I forgot. That's why we should bomb Canada. Just, just for that. Just let, 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 let Wayne from Letter Kenny loose on him. He has no time for that bullshit. <laughs> so Polk sends Nicholas Trist, his chief clerk, down there to negotiate. He was a former Tommy Jeff uh, protege, Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> to negotiate uh, to get California, uh, that little part of... Um, Texas between uh, that oasis and the Rio Grande yeah. and New Mexico. The part, the part that is now the pointiest part of Texas. The Texas taint. Mm -hmm. the, the tip. Just the Deep tip. Deep in the heart. That's not the heart. The heart, the heart is fucking Austin. Fuck you. Out on the tip of Texas. Yep. Just the uh, tip. Trist was not a van, vainglorious politician, though. He basically just wanted to stay home with his family and was kind of miserable. Watch so, Wheel of Fortune. Remember that part coming up. Uh, Scott was moving from Veracruz to Mexico City, and he had hey, to hurry his... Oh, go ahead. Before we go to Mexico City. Okay. In Veracruz, a very important thing for at least the... Uh, you know, there's a bunch of Texas Rangers... That were part of the the whole thing, yeah. You know, like uh, they were they were part of this whole invasion force, right? Texas Rangers have always been their kind of own thing. You know, they're various times fighting Indians, like uh, killing sodbusters, doing doing whatever they're called upon to do by. What's a sodbuster? Texas, like a farmer, like a sheriff, like okay. uh, like uh, like uh, you know how we're talking about when like. Uh, you have a cattle baron, and then you have, like, some asshole that Dane's like, oh, this is my property. Oh, you're a rustler. Let's go, like, like when Tom Horn would get called out to go shoot. Right, right, right. Like, dirt farmers. Yeah. So these guys have been doing that since, for a long time. But there's a good, there's, there's a good contingent of Texas Rangers along uh, uh, for this little ride. And they've been serving, like, basically they're brutal as shit. Because these are the guys that have been fighting. Comanches and every fucking thing else, so they're, they're not fucking around. 
Um, but um, before all this happened, one of their captains, the Texas Ranger uh, Samuel Hamilton Walker, uh, he happened to be uh, uh, posted on the East Coast, and he had uh, um, occasion to run into one uh, Samuel, Samuel Colt, which is, you know, the Colt firearms, like the Colt 45, like Peacemaker, the gun that won the West, all that what, shit. Was he already making firearms at this point? He had just kind of started. Um, okay, prior to this, there was what was called the uh, the, the, the uh, Patterson Colt. It was the first revolver, kind of as we know it, in the Colt pattern. It was only a five shot. It had a weird thing where like, the trigger would drop down, didn't have any trigger on it. Was, it was kind of a wimpy caliber. But it was popular because before that, you kind of had like, uh, uh, not a musket, but like, um, uh, what do they call it? Like a single shot pistol. No, like a single shot pistol. Like uh, just like um, like a dueling pistol. Well, yeah. blunderbuss, like a little more accurate than that. But yeah, sure. But, you know, they got the revolving, revolving cylinder and stuff. And uh, Walker had used the Patterson Colt. And then he came up with like a list of, hey, here's how we improve this shit. So things they did is they made the caliber fucking kind of gigantic. Um, it's uh, I, th- I want to say it's like about a forty. F- I think it's forty four. So it's a forty four caliber up from I think it was like a thirty um, thirty eight. No, it was small caliber before, but it uh, come up to a forty four. Um, added a six round in the chamber. Uh, added a trigger guard. Um, I mean, these handguns, like, they commission, they end up being about almost seven pounds a piece. They're, they're huge. Um, Jesus. but what, what, what Walker really wanted is I wanted to be able, he wanted to be able to kill a man or a horse in one shot. Cause you're doing a lot of fighting from fucking horseback. So is it easier to shoot the Comanche on the back of a horse or is it easier to shoot the horse and then shoot the Comanche when he's on the ground? That kind of thing. So he, he made a deal with uh, uh, Colt along with, uh, they had um, uh, Colonel Jack Hayes, like a uh, Texas Ranger commander, basically made a deal with Colt, who actually his firearms business was kind of like ran out of money and they were kind of faltering. Um, they made an order for, I think, only like uh, 1,100 of these initially, uh, but it gave Colt enough money to start up a new uh, uh, a factory and they built these fucking things. And they finally got their shipment. The first shipment of these things showed up at Veracruz. And they were issued in pairs. And you were, they were so big, you didn't wear them on your pants like a fucking, like a six-shooter. You hung them on your saddle horn. So, basically, you're going from, like, if you were a regular Dragoon, you might have a single-load pistol. And you might carry, like, six whole pistols. And so, you could do that. Uh, we've talked about the, um, the cavalcade fire where I shoot, I, I ride towards you, I shoot my single shot. I fucking uh, pull my other one, I shoot, and I ride back. And when I'm out of range, I reload. I come in and keep doing this kind of like circular charging shit. Well, this gave you the option to have like two of these big-ass guns, both of which are already loaded with six shots. And, you know, for that time, that's like firing all day. That's like a fucking assault rifle. Yeah. It's like no- nothing else could do that. What was this and gun plus called? It's fire- it's Colt the Walker? Walker Colt. Or Walker Colt. The Walker Colt. Um, uh, comic book fans, like, uh, if you read Preacher, the Saint of Killers carries a pair of Walker Colts. Oh, yeah, Outlaw that's okay. Jos- Outlaw Josie Wales, the Quinn Eastwood movie, he carries Walker Colts. Now, the original run was, like I said, only about a thousand. I mean, uh, these things can command, uh, tens of thousands of dollars in price for, for a real one. Um, uh, but they did have problems. They had, uh, uh the loading lever in the front. 
they didn't have any kind of latch, so sometimes you'd shoot and the loading lever would drop, causing it <laughs> so your cylinder wouldn't rotate. So you'd have to like slap it and put it back up. Also, metallurgy at that time was shit. And uh, I mean, the, the cylinders of these things, now they're made of steel. They were made of iron at the time. So if you loaded it wrong or fucked up, the cylinder wall could explode and like blow your fingers off. So th- there were some problems with it. <laughs> no shit. But, but but it is it is pretty much that the the, the Patterson Colt and and then the Walker was the next evolution. Um, it kind of like laid the ground for almost what like revolvers are today. I mean, there's a lot of shit happened like uh, metal cartridges came into play, shit like that. But these were these had a cap like we were talking about with flint locks where you don't want to be fighting in the rain because you have the exposed like gunpowder the flint has to put a spark into. And that exposed gunpowder gets uh, wet, you're fucked. Well, all your gunpowder's in the cylinder of this thing. It's like a removable cylinder, so you can load it. Well, you load it on the gun, or you can load it with the cylinder out. But like uh, a lot of times what they do is they take uh, paper, put the gunpowder in the paper, and make a little cartridge that would fit in there, and then you slam your uh, your little lead bullet in on top of it. You know, and then your cap, when the cap goes off, it kind of like, it's almost like your little fun snaps, Tony, that you like hucking at people when you're at the bar. Yeah. Or like a shotgun primer or something. So when the hammer of the gun hits that, it makes a little tiny explosion that's just enough to set off the gunpowder in the cylinder. It'll bust through the, like the paper you have it in. Yeah. Bust through that. And the cylinder wall acts like a bullet casing, like your normal like uh, brass casing mm-hmm. like you have on any modern firearm. So it, it holds all that compression in there. And forces the projectile out. It says it looks like. Fu- I was just reading about it. It looks like it's. It was typically a forty-four cal. Forty-four cal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, uh, that's a that was a super huge innovation, and it was uh, one of the guys that was. And he the big thing is uh, he ends up dying in a battle that we may or may not talk about. Like, not far from now. Like basically, he he helped design this gun, order this gun got delivery of these guns and he was killed by like a civilian with a shotgun like they had like fucked up whatever I think it's probably the town they're going to next fucked up this town and he got shot off a balcony by a guy with a shotgun but that fucking Walker Colt changed like uh, it's what the uh, became the Colt Dragoon which became the new model army like all the all the revolvers in the, in the Civil War a good or a good share of them are based off that so if this guy hadn't teamed up with a uh, uh, Samuel Colt, I mean, we'd have had a way different Civil War, I guess, is my point. Yeah. But. They would have invented so flying, just, ho- flying horses or something first. Well, I, I just wanted to go off on that tangent because, A, I know some people, if I didn't talk about it, they'd bitch. Um, and otherwise, it's uh, it's also just like, you know, we talk a lot about, a lot about guys with six-shooters. This is kind of the first war they were really ever used in, like any major war. And they were gigantic and somewhat unreliable and might blow your fingers off, but they set the stage for... Yeah, those guns are crazy. I ju- actually just finished watching like the final season of Preacher and the, yeah, yeah. the killers, uh, Santa Killers. Like That gun's fucking huge. And that guy's he's not a little yeah. guy. He's a pretty big dude. No. And no, that thing like is said, like the size all- of his forearm. A fully loaded uh, Walker Colt weighs almost as much as like an M4. That's crazy. Like, like, yeah. No, and while it's one of those things on my list, they do make reproduction kits of it, like the black powder kits. And now they have the metallurgy where it won't blow my fucking hand off. Hey, everything you want in um, a modern firearm. So, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking into looking into getting one. Well, the fun part is those aren't even like classified as firearms since it's a black powder. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you know, they make kits for about five hundred bucks. Wait, why is and it I not considered a firearm? Them. It shoots bullets, right? It's not a modern firearm. It's considered an antique firearm. There, it doesn't have. Oh, yeah. I see. Modern. Gotcha. So what the, the the kits can be popular with like criminal outfits. Like I know there was a tales of like biker gangs like shooting each other with them. Because you, you know, you just order one out of Cabela's and put it together. And then, you know, you have to, like, load it, like, 1800 style, but, you know. But also, if you want to, you load it with a round bowel, which you won't have any ballistics off that, so. So that's the thing, too. Then you just die of blood poisoning. Not really why I want it. I want it for the historical. <laughs> like I know, I know. Plus, they're know. cool looking. But Yeah, oh, no, they're sweet. I like that, uh, see the undercut at the back of the uh, trigger guard? Like how it's not like an oval trigger guard; it's got like that back cut. Oh yeah. Like you, you ever the pistol grip? That's a very distinctive thing about the Walker. They were they had that, and it's they stayed with it. The Colt Dragoon number one and number two both still had that. The number three did not. You know, in fact, I probably if I do get a replica at first, I'm not going to get a Walker because of the Dragoons are an improvement on those. They actually have a latch where your fucking loading lever doesn't want to drop. And I know, like, the modern shit isn't the same, but, like, I still want that back cut, though, because, yeah. Anyway, uh, tangent resolved. Uh, so I'm done talking about that. <laughs> we can move on. How the West Was Fucked is brought to you by... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come one, come all, to witness Ringgold's flying artilleries. Watch them go up. Watch them come down. Watch a man's body turn into a paste. Stick around after the show to play Dodge the Cannonball and everybody's favorite event, the Mule Cannon Mud Bog. See these jackasses pull a cannon a quarter mile through the muck and the mire. Betting begins at 7 o'clock. Kids and elderly not allowed after 8 p.m. 10 cents for the whole seat, but you'll we'll only need the edge. Late for class. Forgot your books. Your cat was eaten by your dog. Your dog was eaten by a grizzly bear. Mackenzie broke up with you after a three-month relationship. Boy, have you had a day. New from Bronson Swagger. The makers of the first American scotch comes child's play. The first whiskey for kids. With fun flavors like black bean, goat milk, New England blue crab, grape, and many, many more. And it's only 50 proof. Go ahead and have that third glass. So unwind and leave your troubles behind, cause it's playtime. Child's Play from Bronson Swagger. Bronson Swagger. It's good. That's the big thing is Walker, Texas Ranger. Mm-hmm. Well, think about that. Yeah, I know it's the Chuck Norris show. Oh, Walker, Cole, Texas Ranger. Oh, I get it, okay. And this is generally Captain Samuel Walker, Texas Ranger, was the original Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh. And Colt. And he was using a walker when he filmed it. <laughs> He's slow, but he gets the job done. 
Oh, I, Jesus, that took me a second. It's got, like, tennis balls on the bottom. I rewatched uh, Dolomite, and they were training at uh, Chuck Norris's gym. I don't know if you saw that or not. See, I haven't watched that yet, so I should. I got to meet Rudy Ray Moore on his, like, 80-something birthday. What the hell does that rat suit motherfucker want with me? Dude, it's fucking badass. I hate to say it, Blowfly was more fun, though. Blowfly was fucking I mean, awesome. Anyway, so at, Will? Great Scott it was moving on from Veracruz to Mexico City. He had to hurry his ass up because when you're in the swamps, you get yellow fever and shit like that. Malaria. Malaria got mossy teeth, dander, and a fat butt. Yep. Saniani was back in action by now with 12,000 men. Uh, they met uh, the Americans at Cerro Gordo. What does that uh, translate to? Fat Hill or something you like s- that? You say Sierra Gordo? Sarah. Yeah, S- Fat like Fat Hill. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about Sarah. Like Gordo is definitely fat. But I, yeah. I don't know. I only speak like thirty percent Spanish. Anyway, Scott was uh, faced with a seemingly impregnable line, but. Captain Robert E. Lee saves the day by finding a pass and sneaking behind the Mexican army. It's going to be the closest thing to a parachute jump you've seen since you left the service. Long about now, I bet that boy wishes he had a parachute. And shooting at him from behind. So that always sucks. With, with what? Artillery. Yes. The whole point of this whole war is like, oh shit, if you just blow people up with cannons, it's a lot easier than just shooting them with guns. Or (laughs) running up to them with lances. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's the thing is like, you know, we had some guns and shit and we had like commanders that are like, oh, I prefer the bayonet because the guns are untrustworthy. But once they figured out, oh, we can just like fire a cannon at people and, and just shoot a cannon right the fuck at them. Yeah. That, that tend to make it a little one-sided. Yeah, Cerro, I guess in Spanish, is hill. So, yeah, fat hill. There we go. See? I know something. You Annie runs into the Illinois 4th and had to flee for his life. He left behind 18,000 in gold pieces, a chicken dinner, and an artificial leg. <laughs> so, He's like, so it is... It is quite literally when you kill somebody in Skyrim. I was going to say, he's like a fucking video game character. It's like... Warrior needs food. Oh, cool. Chicken dinner. I just... The chicken dinner is just like floating and spinning in the air. Yep. Well, you know what's going to be like, uh, uh, what, Final Fight? Where you have like, it's kind of like the, uh, Double Dragon ripoff, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Bear Hager, you know, there's always that, like, your health is... It's just a chicken? It's chicken. piece of meat. It kind of looks like a roast beef, yeah, like loin, but it has a bone hanging out of it. Yeah, and it kind of floats on a plate. Yeah, yeah. Also, so like, that, and then, I, I imagine him getting hit hit by something, and then like, kind of like, um, uh, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, like all the gold pieces are just bling, go flying yeah, out of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Sammy's Sammy Sammy's leg apparently was left behind in a supply wagon. Uh, in my in my vaunted. Uh, old uh, Time Life book, there's actually a photo of Sanier's leg, which looks like the most uncomfortable prosthesis one will ever have to wear. It seems like there's kind of this boat or shape thing that would be like 
rested right up against your nuts. Ugh. Like, uh, I mean, because he only lost his leg, like, lower than the knee. But there's the other brace part that's right in your inner thigh, and it looks it looks not super comfortable. I'm going to see if I can find the picture. Could be like but, Polk could uh, not have use of his dick anyway, so. Well, you know, you gotta, would you rather have a dick? Would you rather have a leg? I'd rather have a third leg as a dick. It sounds like you're ta- oh. sounds like you're talking about a big meal that we just sat down to. What do you have? The dick or the leg? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll have the loin. I'll have the chicken dinner. So, so Tony, are you a breast man or a dick man? <laughs> you know <laughs> Tony Dickman. No white meat, please. No 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 dick man. Yeah. So the soldiers turn over the gold, eat the chicken. And they stole the leg, and the leg still resides in the Illinois Military Museum. Which so, is what I was talking about. Vacation. There's a whole King of the Hill episode where Cotton steals Sandy Annie's leg. Yeah, yeah, I know all about Sandy Annie. We got his walking log under glass in Illinois, I'm glad to say. Actually, Cotton, the leg is coming through Ireland. America is finally returning the leg to Mexico. What? Uh, take it easy, what? man. Take it easy. You see, Bobby, your daddy's generation's giving away everything we fought for. Penny more canal, Mexican legs. Give people gift back down these diapers that you have. And, uh, man, I should have rewatched this in preparation. You know, Well, that's real you know, history Mike, there. Yeah, Mike Judge is definitely the uh, the oracle. But uh, that's where we're Cotton Hill going off on San Diego's lane. But I think they implied in that show that he lost it, like the Alamo or some shit, which he did fucking not. Nope, it was the French. Uh huh. So Sanyani urges his citizens to guerrilla warfare. That's when you know things are going well. Yep. Oh, this is where the uh, uh, American deserters of the Irish they called themselves Saint Patrick's Battalion because they like stereotypes. <laughs> Uh, ah. Scott's men were diminished by illness and waiting for reinforcements. They arrive at a town called Puebla, halfway between Veracruz and Mexico City. It took 10 weeks to take that town. Then Trust the uh, diplomat arrives with diarrhea, so things are setting up. <laughs> so another thing about this fucking war is, like, uh, well, I mean, it's not like it was super, like, sanitary during the Civil War, but, like, uh, Zach Taylor and Scott... A, they have the understanding of how diseases works like anybody else. Like, oh, you smell bad shit. That's why all my guys have malaria, you know, that kind of stuff. But they didn't have any concept of, like, a clean camp living or anything. Like, oh, I don't know why we're getting sick. We just shit in the water that we drink, you know. So, yeah, they're like, as in any kind of campaign of this era, you're going to lose more people to sickness than you actually even do to the gun or the bayonet. Yeah. Basically. Two soldiers, Long one story cup. short. Yep. Also sounds like code when you say like the the diplomat arrives with diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> do you know any <laughs> Do you know any good women's tennis players? The diplomat always yeah. arrives with diarrhea. Uh, Here's the package. You may pass, yeah. <laughs> you forgot your fake dog doo doo. What fake dog boo? <laughs> uh July and August reinforcements come and Scott goes on to Mexico City. Uh, August 7th, Scott arrives just outside the city. This is some of the bloodiest fighting of the war. This is the Battle of Contreras. 
Saniani was again on the verge of victory, but then pulls back again, using his best troops to guard Mexico City itself. So the Mexicans were later whipped at uh, Churro Busco. What does that translate to? Churro made of bushes? Big, big churro. Yeah, um, bushy churro. Bushy churro? Wait, isn't a churro like the the sugar and cinnamon stick? Yeah. Actually, uh, the the animatement had one. We stopped at uh, 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 motherfucking Del Taco on the way out to her dad's place at Shelton. And she got a churro, and I was like, "God damn it! I should have gotten a churro." But the order is over now, and I can't. I never, I never order. like crave a churro, but as soon as I get one, ever, it's like, "Oh fuck oh. yeah!" Oh, it's fucking angel piss, man. Fucking, yeah. Oh god, like they are the best fucking thing. <laughs> it's just one of those things I never think like, "Oh, I could go for a churro right now," but it's always like, oh, no. once I have one in my hand, I'm like, "Oh yeah, baby!" Especially yeah. like nice and hot. Or you smell one, like yeah. somebody's eating one near you. It's like, yeah. oh. It's one of those foods that look the same coming and going, so. <laughs> Except when it comes out, it's I not mean, shaped like a cactus. Well, maybe his butthole cuts ridges and things he eats. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Mexico loses about a third of its troops there at Churubusco, and they U.S. Go? losses are like at 1,000, so that's pretty fucked. Uh, by September, Scott still has to take two fortified positions in uh, the city of Mexico, or Mexico City. Um, Molino del Rey and Chapahala Tactic Castle. Perfect. Yep. It's fun trying to hear you try to speak uh, A, Spanish, and I mean, I know a lot of these names are also of Aztec origin. Yep. I couldn't do any better, but it's I, that's why I'm not trying to do it, so I can just make fun of you, so it's fine. <laughs> So September 8th, they take a frontal assault, uh, assault of uh, Molino del Rey. Missionary style. They thought it was empty, so they just kind of go there lightly armed. And then they get uh, hit the shit out by whatever artillery the Mexicans have left. Uh, one division lost 11 out of 14 officers, so that kind of broke down the uh, chain of command there. Well, I was thinking, is this back in the day when you had a lot of officers because you didn't have shit like a radio? You know what I'm saying? You'd have to have, like, a lot of officers interspersed out in the line to communicate with, you know, either somebody raises a flag or gives a hand signal or something like that. So instead of having, like, four lieutenants per, like, fucking company, you're going to have, like, all these assholes. So I, I, I'm just saying, they had officers to lose. It's just going to break down communication a little bit. That's interesting. I never actually thought about that. Like, you know, to be able to, like, talk to each other, you got to have more people... Relaying messages and well, shit. Well, you gotta have... Well, the thing is, you can't entrust, like, your... Well, I would say enlisted, except for they're mostly volunteers or inscripted. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't trust these ragamuffin-ass motherfucking Arkansans and Texas Rangers and shit to pass down a message. You have to be a man of quality and have a commission in the Army of the United States to be able to be trusted uh. with the laying of a cannon or the sending of a message... Or, you know, these kind of things. Gotcha. Or a raping of a donkey. No, no, that that we will entrust to the enlisted. So uh, they do go break down the gate at uh, Molino del Rey there, and they have to fight room to room. 
Uh, that's 2,000 Mexican casualties and 700 Americans. So this is kind of stepping up. Which, there, whenever so you hear room to room nowadays, you think like, you know, M4s and like flashlights and night vision and flashbangs. Nope, this is with like human length, like muskets with bayonets on them. Well, Slap fighting. Thumb wrestling. Well, I guess you gotta, okay, like when you when we get to clear a room nowadays, the whole point is they don't know you're outside of the room. And then you make the door go away in one way or the other. Either somebody bucks it in with a battering ram, somebody kicks it, somebody blows it up, and then we all run in with our short ass little rifles and fucking you know that every time we pull the trigger it goes pew. Um, this is with like you have like a broomstick that may or may not fire a big ass fucking paintball around, and then it, but it also has a big kind of triangular knife on the end of it, so I guess that's okay, but. You're still not super sneaky, like. But at the same time, no, the doors had really locks either, so that precludes that whole breaching shit. But like, uh, and in some cases, you just come through the fucking wall, which we still do, I guess. But like, I was saying, it'd been it'd been a lot more like um, a little more hands on, I think, than uh, like a lot of us uh, are familiar with today. Yeah. You know, that's why people still, if you got a sword, you'd carry a fucking sword, because you might actually need a fucking sword, maybe. Anyway. Fighting, yeah. Yeah. So this is about where it wraps up. Um, Sani Annie fled uh, fled to the suburb of Guadalupe Hildago, remember that name. Scott settles into the city as an occupier. Which, you know, and then when the soldiers are done murdering or, they or turn to loot, killing looting and raping and all kinds yeah, of shit. Yeah. So Scott and Trist wanted to end quickly by that time. Uh, back home in D.C., Polk's nonstop work was catching up with him. Uh, his Secretary of War, William uh, H. Marcy. Mr. Lundegaard? Huh? Yeah. Could I take just a minute of your time here? What, what is it all about? Huh? Do you mind if I sit down? Carrying quite a load here. You're the owner here, Mr. Lundegaard? Nah, I, executive sales manager. Well, you can help me. My name's Marge Gunderson. My father-in-law, he's the owner. Uh-huh. Well, I'm a police officer from Up Brainerd, investigating some malfeasance. And I was just wondering if you'd had any new vehicles stolen off the lot in the past couple of weeks. Specifically, a Tancala Sierra. Mr. Lundegaard. Not William H. Macy. Whoa, that was really close. I th I think that's... <laughs> once again, that's fucking Marcy. I think it's the guy that wrote the How to Cross the Great Plains. I mean, I'm going to look it up while we're... Keep going, I'm going to look it up. Okay. He has a nervous breakdown, so... Uh, Polk is kind of doing both jobs there. Trist comes back with a quote-unquote unfit treating, according to Polk, anyway. Uh, even though it was everything that he asked for, but nothing really more on top of that. Polk also wanted Sonora and Baja, even though <laughs> for what reason. Um, he, fired, he fired uh, Trist <laughs> from his uh, from his sick bed, so even though he still was negotiating. Uh, Clay finally speaks out on the issue calling the Congress to rescind the war, investigate the start of the war, if Mexico actually was unprovoked. 
uh, asked for no slave states from Mexico, whatever lands they would get from Mexico. Which, uh, which like, uh, Mexico would agree with because Mexico didn't have slaves. That's Yep. Outlawed it in right. the 1820s. Um, Texas was a Mexico territory until 1832, so you can't really say it was grandfathered in in Texas, even though Texas was <laughs> saying it was. Uh, Lincoln Wait, say, was in the... that, They were saying that racism or racism, uh, 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 fucking uh, unpaid interns were a holdover from when they were part of Mexico. Yep. Even though that was not. <laughs> Even though true. Mexico didn't have them. That's fucking funny. Well, initially they did. Oh, don't make no mistake. Like yeah. Cortez. Oh well, yeah, yeah, but at, at this like, time, like, like this everybody time that wasn't Spanish was a slave. Yeah, yeah. So, in the audience that night was uh, old Abe Lincoln. Uh, he was uh, impressed by Clay, and he was kind of uh, following in his footsteps. Clay was already a hero, and kind of Lincoln wanted to become Clay. Lincoln's first speech in Congress was a rant against Polk and the war. And he asked Polk to prove that Mexico fired the first shot. So, Dems fighting words. Back in that day, you could beat somebody... In Congress, which they should adopt now. So, oh yeah, wasn't there a guy that had a he had a stick just for fucking beating people up? He was a congressman. Yeah, I forgot. It had like a brass knob on the handle. He just like yeah. it's definitely when they were like before. Yeah, before the Civil War broke out, like beat the living dog shit out of, out of an abolitionist dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God damn. Yeah. If that was I still remember their names at the moment. If that was still a thing today, like how many times would uh, 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 Mitch McConnell have to like, fucking pick his teeth up off the floor? Uh, well, first of all, his teeth are readily removable. He doesn't have his own teeth. There's no fucking way with that soggy turtle face. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's had robot teeth since the 70s. So, yeah. like... Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway. So, Trisk. Trist gets uh, Polk's order to come back because he fired him, but he f- ignores him. Uh, Mexico has a new president at the time. Uh, this is the best chance to get a deal done. So Trist stays, even though he has diarrhea. Uh, February 2nd, 1848, they settle on a treaty at the Guadalupe Hildago. Trist was personally ashamed of this event, <laughs> but he knew that Polk would never agree to it unless every case was technically met, even though he didn't get Baja or Sonora. He kind of ignored that letter. Polk allotted $20 million for the purchase of California. Trist got it for 15 hoping that Polk would be happy with that bargain anyway. It wasn't the most generous treaty he could have negotiated, but uh, it was the best that Polk would accept anyway. So says. Fifteen million, right? Yep. The war so, lasted uh, exactly almost two years, and by that time, there's already rumors swirling around about gold out there in Sutter's Mill, California. Oh, I was right. Well, Fucking Mascazoro, yeah. dude. Yep. Yep. Kinda. That's a great movie. S- Speaking of fucking Anthony Hopkins, I thought it was fucked up that uh, they cast him as, like, the original Zorro. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty strange. fucking weird. Oh, Wanda the Vega. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, yeah. Antonio well, Sean Banderas Connery was though. Spanish in Highlander. Yeah, Dude, I just watched Highlander 2 the other day. I know. <laughs> Fucking great movie. Uh, and it, it it's my fa- one of my favorite uh, of the series, even though it's a piece you of shit. You say Highlander 2? Yeah, Highlander 2. Where they totally it's got so rid of all the canon? Yeah, where they came from a fucking just... like, space. What was it? Zeiss? That sounds, from the planet sounds Zeiss? Exactly, sounds exactly like your kind of favorite. It's great. Yes. I do, I do. I do. That whole scene when Sean Connery's like trying out suits and shit, great. And he's like flying on an airplane somehow. And how many I, Oscars? I don't think did I've ever win? actually seen Highlander two. I gotta, I gotta be oh, real dude. with you. It's a piece I of shit. I don't remember it's that. So ve- oh. a highly entertaining piece of garbage. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, Sean yeah. Connery with the Scottish accent plays a Spanish guy. Actually, the name is Ramirez. No, actually, he's playing it. He's a uh, okay. Sean Connery with a Spanish accent is a Spanish guy or a Scottish accent. Is, he's wife. the Spaniard. He admit, he, no, he admits to the dude's wife that he was originally Egyptian. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish. I'm Egyptian. So fuck you. <laughs> okay, that makes he, it way better. Totally. He he he's old enough where he had to become a Spaniard because Egypt wasn't a thing anymore. No, he's yeah. No, that's the thing from Highlander one. I'm, I apparently skipped that part. I always go straight to Highlander 2. No, I mean, it's just when he's, like, talking with, uh, fucking, uh, like, uh, it's not, is it Connor McLeod? C- yeah, Connor McLeod's, uh, mm-hmm. wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, bullshit with her. He's like, oh, oh, well, I'm not actually Spanish. I'm actually Egyptian, but, like, bleh, you know, exposition. Yeah, exposition. You're actually a big, hairy, yeah, a big, heavy Scottishman. Thanks for remembering that. <laughs> so Mexico finds out about the Golden California about three months after they signed the treaty. So that's nice. Uh, Polk never forgave Trist for actually negotiating. He made sure he Which got actually, no credit and well, no Trist, pay for it. Big thing about Trist, like initially he was assigned as uh, uh, Zach Taylor's like Basically, Zach Taylor's, yeah, you're a fucking weird farmer that wants to bayonet everybody. And Tris was actually kind of like king shit. Like, they, they kind of put him with Zach Taylor initially to kind of make it so they got reports on time and got shit done. And then he kind of got caught up in the whole maelstrom and the Scott takeover, you know. But, yeah, Tris was like kind of a legit dude, I guess, is my point. Uh, Abe Lincoln. And you have no response. Did you say Abe Lincoln? Well, you just said it. I was going to say, finally got a job as a postmaster later in life, which is a good thing. There you go. Uh, Lincoln helps General Zachary Taylor get elected. Lincoln didn't get reelected because all his uh, anti-war speeches. He does get reelected the next go around. Hardin was still a war hero back in Illinois. Clay goes back to the Senate in 1849. He helps avoid the Civil War for a little while longer and dies in 1852. Pope kept his promise by going only one term, and he nearly dies on his return trip to Tennessee 
and dies just a few months later after leaving office from cholera. So that's 12,500 U.S. deaths, 25,000 Mexican deaths. Uh, So the war gave experience to most of the Civil War generals, uh, Robert E. Lee, U.S. Grant, Stonewall Jackson, oh, George Meade, we forgot about him, and uh, Jeffrey Davis there. Well, that's basically uh, it. That's why we have that third of the country out west is because we propped up a bullshit war and stole it, more or less. Well, and it, it comes down to two words that uh, James K. Polk believed in uh, truly and utterly manifest fucking destiny. That that's was three a fucking id. Well, I added the fucking, <laughs> I suppose. You know, you're not going to see a lot of, like, tapestries from, well, you're not going to see a lot of tapestries from the 1800s, but you're not going to see a lot of posters from the 1800s, like, Manifest Fucking Destiny. It'd be awesome if you did, but they don't. But, yeah, that's kind of where that um, that phrase kind of uh, gained all sorts of traction. Um, it's, oh, it's okay if we just, like, move it's like west a, inexorably. I mean, yeah, it's, Jesus, it's Jesus, wants us, Jesus wants us to have that land. Well, it's, it's like the bully and a lunch it's table. Even, see, that's the thing is, it's easy to say that Jesus wants you to have that land because, yeah, a lot of people thought that. But some were just like, no, no, uh, there's like shit I can use out there and I can make money off it. it, it it's the same. I mean, it's literally what set the stage for the day. And it's literally what this podcast is predicated upon is Manifest Destiny is pretty much what, yeah, we're, they- what we're talking about. Like, it's it's... They sent Causes. scouts here to the northwest, and they're like, they got dicks, hamburgers, and they have taco time. We need to take that fucking yes. land. Yeah. It's ours. Okay, so I'm looking at, okay, Zach Taylor, uh, you know, that's amazing. He came straight out of the war and, like, okay, was, like, um, president right after Polk. And they had Miller Fillmore because Zach Taylor died of, like, stomach poopies, undescribed. <laughs> Just something happened with his stomach. I don't. I mean, you could die from a butterfly landing in your head this yeah. day. So, and then you could survive getting mauled by a grizzly bear and walking three hundred miles. You know? Yeah, or get both your legs like, blown what? off uh, while on a horse and survive for another week. Yeah. And, well, then you know, life is weird. You know. <laughs> but uh, then we have Franklin Pierce. That's the guy I was trying to think of that nobody remembers. He's so 1853 to 1857, and then uh, before him is uh, James Buchanan, but. He at least gets mentioned something. Nobody ever mentions Pierce. Anymore. I've never even heard his fucking name before. Well, and well, for some reason, you well. said Zach- Zachary Taylor is the other guy, right? For some reason, the name Zach Zach Taylor just elicits yeah. a, an image of like the asshole rich kid in school that's just a fucking dick to everybody. Well, his his army dudes called him old rough and ready. Which is kind of awesome, like you know, like you know, you got like Sounds old dirty. far eyes, you got old head. Well, the big thing is like that was the thing with Zach Taylor. His army guys loved him because he's like, I don't give a fuck. Like I don't give a shit. I'm a frontier like Indian fighter. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm I don't gotta dress up. Stabbing. And so that's kind of how he still was when he was a general. Like my thing is, he probably went to he probably would have been a like sergeant or captain or something, and then. um Kind of like uh, the people that were trying to direct him in this uh, Mexican-American war were like, okay, you're a little too, uh, you're really not re- really wanting to rise rise up in the ranks too much. You're just kind of wanting to 
yep, let's ban everything. Fuck you. You know, I'm going to sew my own pants and live in a small tent and shit in a box. Because that's what he did was uh, other officers at the time were like, oh, I must have my couture and, like, let me get my page. Right. And so the officers didn't really like Zach Taylor that much. Uh, but the enlistment fucking loved him. Yeah, that's why they called um, him. Oh, that makes sense. Rough and ready. Like, he wasn't yeah. dressed to the nines with fucking yeah. polished boots no. or whatever. Well, he says, like, well, these assholes are wearing these big, like, uh, kind of pirate hats, basically, like, uh, the front to back with mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of ostrich plumes. He's like, fuck you, straw hat. We're in the South, man. We're, we're in Mexico. Why the fuck am I wearing a felt? It, it's like July. Why, yeah. why, why am I doing that? Yeah. Like, uh, what was the duration of the whole war, Will? Two years, but, like, almost yeah. exactly. Yeah. Damn. But I guess uh, quick and you know, dirty. If you look at it, if you want to look at it as people that live on the West Coast or like people that are like American, hey man, we we this is why we have California, New Mexico, I think Utah, like Arizona, like Colorado, parts of Texas, Colorado, parts of why Wyoming. Th- too, I think th- this is why we have it. Wasn't Yay. super fair to wasn't Let's super give fair it back. to people that already owned it. <laughs> Let's just give it back. I know, I know as as the days drag out. Well, I, yeah, I don't Cascadia. Know. Yeah, it's it's actually I don't know. It's like I said. I I I guarantee I my class covered it when I was in school, but like I never actually knew what it meant to the United States or like why. Well, it happened my big thing it. is like. Like now that we've done this, we can dig into individual characters' things yeah. during this, and yeah, there's yeah. a we can go more in depth. So yeah, oh yeah, there's there's gonna be there's got to be another part where we like go go like deeper into individual like battles and you know like shit. You I know oh, yeah. you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's thing is you know you don't play like Street Fighter just to watch who won the won the fucking like uh, thing. You want to watch the battle, right? You yeah, know? for sure. So, well, I like the the fact of what could happen if Clay was elected because it wouldn't have happened if Clay was elected, probably. And yeah, well, he was kind of like the Bernie Civil Sanders War of his time, sort of. Yeah. Do you or, think? I mean, do you not, think? Not exact parallels, but you right, know, or close enough. To, the Nader. in his situation. Do you think we would have had like California and the whole Southwest eventually without the I war? Think if we didn't have it then, no. we'd had it eventually. Yeah. We'd have it well, eventually. Once they find gold in California, then the Mexico government I mean, it, would it, definitely be paying attention to it then. So, so, so once Mexico... Right, but they, didn't have, they, they didn't have the degree of... Uh, they basically had no way to actually cover it. That's the problem, is they were yeah. uh, they were spread too thin, is what the mouse do. And, and once, once they, they found stopped, gold there, there would have been a fucked up, bloody-ass war after that. People well, would have been fighting tooth like, and nail. Well, Mexico got colonized by Spain, and once Mexico cast off Spain, well, once you no longer have Spain's support, you're kind of on your own. Yeah. So it's like, eh. whereas, like, you know, like, proper Mexico's, it's not, like, a super, it's a harder place to control, really, than, say, like, the Upper East Coast mm-hmm. of USA, and then, um, I don't know, basically there was a better, uh, better uh kind of like uh starting point and then also the just the fact that um yeah okay we kicked the shit out of fucking england and now we're our own country but you still had like um 
Canada was right up there still being supported by the English, mm-hmm. which is sending shitloads of supplies, which then you trade with Canadians. You couldn't necessarily trade with the English, but you definitely get English shit from the Canadians. Right, from their proxy, right. Right. Well, gentlemen, yeah, I think uh, we've yelled it about everything we want to yell about. Yeah. Let's, uh, noises. Cure up that, cure up that cannon fire. Oh, can we do actually cannon fire this time? I got a bunch. Cool. I could, I could throw it in there for sure. All right, let's go out and hail a cannon fire this time. Fucking mm. sweet. Maybe a few hail guns thrown in for good measure. All right, we'll see you guys on the on the next one. Whoa. Cool.